Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's ready for Big Ten football. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the middlest brother. It's me, Ryan Newman. And by the oldest brother. And that's me, Trey Newman. All right. Uh, before we get to our takeaways from week seven and make our week eight betting picks, a couple things to get to. The first is a quick word from our sponsor, MyBookie. So between the NFL, college football, and MLB playoffs, there's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on all of your favorite sporting events, you can turn your game day into a payday with my bookie. If you like betting big favorites, try a money line parlay to get a little bit bigger payout. Or if you're like me and prefer the upset specials, try your shot on an underdog. And uh, if you appreciate my bookie service, try betting Nebraska straight up against Ohio State just to, to give the book some free money. They wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Pretty uh, much. So sign up at my bookie. And when you do, use the promo code CFBROS to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. So again, that's promo code CFBROS, all caps, for you to claim your bonus when you make your first deposit. So with stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more, sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie. All right. And now let's get to some five-star reviews. We've We've left these hanging a little bit. They've come in over the past month, but let's let's get caught up, Trey. Yeah, we got one from GoPokes89. Just hooked on y'all about a month ago and been very impressed ever since. The draft a couple weeks ago was excellent. Great to listen to on a long run up here in Alaska. Ride them, wow. Cowboys. And, yeah, Alaska. We, we, span the, the, Alaska. we span the U.S. Um but uh, he says, ride them, Cowboys, and never forget that, that the great Barry Sanders set 34 NCAA records during his Heisman winning season. I did not realize it was 34, but that's pretty remarkable. It's a lot of reasons could have seen that. <laughs> his highlights, though, are, are ridiculous. Yeah. I w- hey, Alaska, where, where, I wonder where in Alaska. I'm curious. I wonder if you could let us know somehow. If you can, let us know. What, on Twitter, maybe? Yeah, sure. Wherever Twitter at CFB Bros. I, I want to go to Alaska. Plug our social really, media. DM really, us on Instagram at CFB Bros. I didn't be there. I want to go there. Um, anyways, uh, the next one here is from um, Nev Number One. Uh, is called. He says, uh, "Love it," and he says he loves the show. This is my. He, then he gives like a, a little bit of a preview of his 2020 uh, SEC schedule prediction. Um, he kind of wanted to know our thoughts. Um, oh, we're getting his thoughts a little few weeks into the season here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he did have Bama, Georgia, Florida, and A and M all kind of at the top, so which is just looking kind of head on here. There's no, no, nothing crazy there. And he did have Florida losing at A and M, which was a good call. Uh, so, but yeah, Georgia one loss was going to be at Bama. That already happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff there. So, some put a lot of thought into that. You can tell. Awesome. Thanks for that review. Uh, we got Eka Trosic. Not sure, uh, but. They say, love the show. As a recent convert convert to CFB, I find this pod the most enjoyable for knowledge, information, and fun. I really appreciate the brothers' sense of humor and their level-headed reactions to developing news, 
and how COVID has affected CFB. They also do a great job of being fair-minded about all teams, no matter who they are personally rooting for. Keep it up, guys, and roll tide. I hate Bama. God, Saban sucks. <laughs> oh, wow. I wanted Georgia to win so badly. Well, that's... that You just... No. <laughs> no, that was a good review, though. I appreciate uh, no, that. That was awesome. We, we yeah, try. We try to be <laughs> not homers. Oh, uh, yeah. Very unbiased. All right. We got one from Troy Noble. It's titled Smooth. Easy listening on college football. Very informative and passionate. Enjoy their pods. Thank you, Troy. Mm-hmm. All right. And our last one's from Ohio State Fan 101. This was left a couple days ago. Uh, Justin Fields was his subject title there and he said he asks who is y'all's uh top three heisman favorites well justin fields trevor lawrence and everybody else yeah well mac jones throw mac jones in there oh, Come on. Fair. sorry yeah. mac jones yeah and probably and yeah, yeah, trevor lawrence right now is like a uh odds on favorite he's minus 175 I mean, something like yeah, that depending on where you look but if it's not one of those three guys it would be pretty darn surprising i would take those three against the field for sure yeah Trask, yeah. come on, Trask, you can do it. Bama is, so hard. Real Bama is so hard because like in any other year, they could have three guys that are contending because Waddle and Najee Harris is putting together a really good yeah. season and Mac Jones, it's like, it's None amazing. Game helps. Those yeah. All three of those guys I looked are in the top six of in terms of odds. It's unbelievable. Uh, obviously and like Harris Devontae and, uh, Smith isn't a slouch, but he's just not quite up there. Yeah, Munchie yeah. now, like. Mechie. I call him Munchie. Okay. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get to our week seven takeaways. We're a bit late this week, so not going to give necessarily a full breakdown of week seven, but I actually think this might end up being better. Let us know if, uh, yeah, true. if you like the format we're going with here, and, and maybe it's something we could use again. Uh, so each of us have three takeaways based on what we saw last week. Uh, Trey, why don't you go first? Just give us one. Yeah, so this was from, I believe, the Friday night game. Uh, BYU, they got their first solid resume win. They beat Houston 43-26. Houston, we we all like Houston this year, and they were actually up 26-14 late in the third before BYU's offensive and defensive line really took over, and they just ended up dominating the line of scrimmage late in the game, and they picked up a good road win. We all know we've talked about Zach Wilson, 400 yards, four touchdowns. Another good performance. I like Slataki's onside kick, too, that they got for BYU. I know they didn't right. score on that ensuing possession, but still, you gain an extra possession, that helps. And yeah, So that was, that, was, that was a good call. Um, okay, uh, for me, uh, my first takeaway is, is uh, that Coastal Carolina and their win at Louisiana. That was very, very impressive when they won 30-27 to 27 on a, a last-second field goal. But I think my main uh, thing here with with the shots is Grayson McCall, just the yeah. freshman quarterback. I mean, he's becoming one of the best quarterbacks in the G5 right now, if not, you know, the whole country that he needs to get a little bit more respect now um, after they take down a ranked undefeated team that won at Iowa State earlier in the year. So uh, he's averaging over 10 yards per attempt. He's got 11 touchdowns to so just one pick. He rushes for about 50 yards a game, too. And he's got the shots ranked first time ever, of course. I mean, it's unreal. So he has been. For a guy that we didn't really anticipate starting, or at least pretty much nobody did, there's one or two people that had him as under the radar, I guess. But, I mean, we all just thought they had two guys that started last year that came back. And mm-hmm. so for him to take over, by the way, he has as a freshman, it's been 
he, he's legit, man. The shots are for real. They are. Uh, okay, my first takeaway is came from the the biggest game of the weekend, Alabama Georgia, and it's just that even without Tua, Alabama's offense is every bit as good as last year. Maybe even a little bit better, possibly. But remains to be seen. But and losing some great wide receivers. Exactly. Yeah, but that's the thing because they lost uh, Jerry Judy and. Ruggs. Henry Ruggs, yeah, but so you you thought, okay, they've got Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle; those are two really good guys. But who's that third guy going to be? And Munchie, according, <laughs> according to Ryan, yeah, has Munchies. has taken over. So they've got, yeah, probably still the best receiving core in the country. Uh, Mac Jones was twenty four of thirty two, four hundred and seventeen yards, and four touchdowns against the best defense in the country. He did have one pick, but he was hit as he threw. So that was like yeah, the first play of the game. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, th- and then uh, Stetson Bennett threw a pick oh. right back. So oh, yeah. You know, this game was kind of weird because when I watched it, I watched it back um, a little bit the other night. I saw I caught it on CBS Sports Network or whatever. And it, I didn't I keep forgetting that because Bama really pulled away. But it was 27, 24 late in the third quarter. And Georgia was driving. But Bennett threw a pick like yeah. the game really. Yeah. You know, if that it doesn't happen, game. you never know what could have happened in the fourth. But. Yeah, the first their half was back and forth. It was super fun to watch. So, um, yeah, I think though, it's Georgia's offense. I mean, I guess they they did hang around for a long time, but it's it's going to need to get better. If I agree, we we expect there to be a rematch. And I mean, Jamie Newman want to hang the full game with Bama. I think they're gonna they're gonna need to improve for sure. Yeah, I mean, they were not the Florida or something. Go, yeah, they were not expecting to go with Stetson Bennett this year. That's uh, no. just limits them a little bit. Yep. All right, my uh, my next takeaway is UCF. Their chances at an AAC title are getting dimmer and dimmer. Um, they they already have two losses in the conference now. They so Memphis in the, they played Memphis this past weekend. Memphis came back from a late double digit deficit to win fifty to forty nine. The defense for UCF they just can't get stops when needed. Dylan Gabriel threw for six hundred and one yards, five touchdowns. <laughs> they put up seven hundred ninety eight yards of offense, so eight hundred yards of offense. They still lost. Uh, Brady White he's incredible though, seven touchdowns of his own. They were converting on multiple clutch fourth down um, in the second half, so Memphis was able to squeak it out. So they're still right in the thick of things in that race, but UCF not not looking great right now. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh... Crazy, crazy game. These, the, how about the uh, altercation with the kicker and the, oh. <laughs> come on, That's yeah. Brutal. It's it's funny you when people get that. mad at kickers for missing a field goal. It's like unless he's been slacking in practice or something. It's like, yeah. What do you? Uh, he wanted to make it. He yeah, tried. He's like, he's <laughs> you know? Yeah. Come on. What are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah. That's that's why I'm. I you know I coach basketball like high school basketball and I'm I've kind of in the line of thinking like what good is it going to for me to do to yell at a guy for like turning the ball over like as long as if it's if it's just like an effort type thing like he's not hustling or something okay then I can yell at him like if right. he's not hustling back on defense if he like turns it over like he tries to make a play and it just messes up or something I'm not I've, I should have thought yelled better Ryan huh he should have thought better Ryan I mean, like it was, it's just bad. Like it's, yeah. I don't, there was no benefit to it. I remember as a player, it's like, why I, I tried. What do you want me to do? Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, wow. man. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. Anyways. All righty. Uh, so my second takeaway uh, would be, so a lot of the off season hype here and the two and start kind of the first two and a half games coming to a screeching halt here for Tennessee. Uh, 
they uh, they got they hung with Georgia that first the first half, so that was kind of their third game. But then it got real bleak in the second half, and then last week dominated thirty four to seven by Kentucky in Knoxville. Not a good look there, obviously for Jeremy Pruitt. Um, and of course they they'll most likely lose this week since they play Alabama. So now they're looking at three straight losses. Then they they do go to Arkansas after that, which is looking like that should be a, probably a really good game. Um, so that's going to be a vital, vital game because I think they still have like Georgia maybe on the schedule or they still have some pretty tough teams coming up. So uh, it's I mean, it's I wasn't expecting them to go in and win like seven games this year. But, you know, they were looking pretty darn good there. And it's just losing 34 to seven to Kentucky. Yeah, that's brutal. well. And it's just and Garantano didn't really. Oh, he, he just terrible. didn't. They, they even pulled him and it just they ran the ball that fine. next step. Yeah, it was just he just was bad, like the passing game. So that's. You know, they, they had about the same total yards. They just had a lot of turnovers and just messy, sloppy play. But that's rough. All right. Uh, my next takeaway, another struggling quarterback in the SEC. Bo Nix has not taken the sophomore leap that he needed to take uh, against South Carolina last week. Around 50 percent completions and three interceptions in a 30 to 22 loss. And we we talked, of, of course, about him all offseason, how he really wasn't very good last year, but he was a freshman, so it was kind of understandable. And even though we were maybe relatively low on him, we thought he'd take a step forward. Who wouldn't? I mean, it's at a least a little more year, like, you know. Yeah, at least a little bit. And so far, it doesn't look like he has at all. He looks basically the same as last year, arguably worse so far. So it's uh, it's not good. No, it's disappointing. Um, I'm going to stick in the SEC as well, and. We got to give respect to Sam Pittman in Arkansas, yeah. Ryan. You kind of alluded to it earlier. The Razorbacks, they're, they've, in my eyes, have officially kind of overachieved so far. They they knocked off Ole Miss this past weekend, 33-21. They held that mighty Ole Miss offense in check for the most part. They they forced seven turnovers. That's <laughs> uh, crazy. But Arkansas, they're 2-2, two and two, and if they weren't jobbed at Auburn, they'd be sitting at three and one and with their only loss to Georgia. So, and even, even so right now, your two losses are Georgia and Auburn and Auburn was on the road. Like it's not, not too bad. Uh, they still have a couple tough games left in the sec, of course, but the Razorbacks, they're not total pushovers. So give credit to them. A hundred percent. They are maybe one of the most improved teams in the country. I'm very impressed with, uh, the on-field performance from them. Felipe Franks has been good. I was somewhat high on Franks, but just I didn't think yeah. they had enough support around him to Barry play Odom. like they are. Barry Odom with that defense has been true. Very impressive. True. Barry Odom's been very good. So yeah, good that's staff. impressive stuff for from Sam Pittman, who I've proven me wrong as far as our preseason prediction. So yeah, it's good. I like Arkansas. I like when they're good. I hope they Big Suey. Yeah, Big Suey, man. Um, all right. Uh, my final it's my turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my third and final takeaway, North Carolina is not ready for the prime time yet. Uh, you know, they got up to the top five ranking. They were looking like, oh, my goodness, they're giving playoff contention here. But a little too Jekyll and Hyde. They obviously lost a pretty, pretty rough game to Florida State. They were just they got down in a huge, huge, huge hole right away and made a valiant comeback, but just just not enough. Uh, they played terrible for that first half against Syracuse. You know, the like BC game was neck and neck. And then Virginia Tech game was just that North Carolina Virginia Tech game was weird. It was just like they got a yeah. huge lead, then Virginia Tech came back, and they got a huge lead again, and it was just, you know, had Hen and Hooker played the entire game, that one might have been different. Uh, so, yeah, I just don't think North Carolina is quite legit yet. That's fair. Uh, mine kind of, my final takeaway has to do with that a little bit. It's the gap between Clemson and the rest of the ACC 
has not narrowed as much as we thought a few weeks ago. Because yeah, you got North Carolina losing at FSU, Notre Dame uh, struggling with Louisville last week, albeit of course kind of them dominating Miami. What's that? And of course, Clemson dominating Miami. Exactly. That head-to-head kind of knocked Miami out of the, hey, could they beat them? Yeah. Uh, and then I still have some hope for for my Hokies with Hendon Hooker, but their defense, you know, of course, got shredded by North Carolina a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so uh, I think Clemson has extended that gap in the last the last couple weeks, especially with their very, very rude performance against Georgia Tech last wow. week. That was Ooh. It's just mean. And then... Yeah, they've been kind of rude. <laughs> been trying to score a late touchdown against Miami. Uh, oh, I wasn't even referring to that, but yeah, yeah. That's like, why are you still running? Like, take a take a knee. I don't know. It was well, they ran up tempo too in that in that Miami. That's what finish, I mean. But, like, it was but, pretty. Yeah. You know, I heard that, in their muscle. I heard that maybe Georgia Tech was doing some sort of like their workout or something on the field before the game. They were like lifting weights, something. Mm, I don't know. Uh, and they they took offense to it or something. Apparently, yeah. I mean, wow! Impressive Dominant. win for Clemson. Um, all right, week eight. We ready to get to our week eight picks? Do it. Let's do it. NC State at North Carolina. Tar Heels are favored fifteen. What do you yes. think, Ryan? Well, news of the day for NC State, of course, of the week. Uh, Devin Leary, broken fibula, so he's out forty-eight weeks. That is such a tough blow. Uh, for for NC State, he was playing so well. Their offense was doing yeah. really really good. One of the m- most improved units in the country. Um, they were horrible last year. I think at least run the ball a little bit, but they just they could not pass. But he was awesome so far. He's out probably the rest of the year. I mean, he might be able to play in the bowl game. Um, so that's that sucks, especially since we've seen Bailey Hawkman come in and uh, not look nearly as good. Um, I mean, we'll see how he can do with a more consistent uh, role here, but. You know, Devin Lear was playing so well, and they're four and one. They're ranked. Um, they got a big game here, of course, at North Carolina. It's just, it's too bad for NC State, but I'm going to go with the Tar Heels because of the fact that they don't have Devin Leary. I don't think the Hawkins yeah. very good. Um, you know, that pass last week, it was obviously awfully lucky that he got a, a TD pass on, should have been a pick. Um, they're, and NC State's defense isn't good. They give up over 31 points a game. So I think Sam Howell is going to have, you know, play lights out and put up 40 plus points and, Hawkman won't be able to keep up. So North Carolina for me. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, of course, if NC state has any shot, Hawkman's going to have to be able to move the ball uh, downfield. And, and, but more importantly though, I think that their defense needs to step up. Uh, they're currently in the top 20 in sacks uh, and they're going to need to pressure Sam Howell to generate a couple turnovers. The problem is they, they have to stop the run and North Carolina has, a two-headed monster, Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Williams just had 119 yards and on only 18 carries last week uh, against the Seminoles. Uh, I think the Tar Heels bounce back to get the cover, especially with Leary out. Yeah, I'm I'm going with you guys and NC State. Even though they're a good story, they're much better than last year. Four and one, like you say, ranked. They're probably not a legitimate top 25 team. Like if you look at the metrics, they're they're yeah. not even close. And they've had relatively easy schedule. Won a couple coin flip games. games so yeah they're much better but i don't think you know as good certainly as their ranking and then that's what the point spread reflects so yeah uh all right next game we have is alabama minus 21 and a half at tennessee trey what are your thoughts it's the the third saturday in october rivalry playing on the fourth saturday this year of course but uh these teams we kind of alluded to it earlier i think ryan brought it up they're just going in opposite directions tennessee uh i just don't 
They've gotten smoked two weeks in a row. Don't really like the vibe surrounding Garantano and the Vols. Um, but I will say, I think this line is a little inflated um, due to the recent results. So I'm going to take the Vols for that reason. The, you know, they got nothing to lose in this game. Bama's defense is still a hair leaky, so maybe Garantano can get it into Josh Palmer's hands. Um, uh, Eric Gray maybe could bust a few runs. Uh, Pruitt actually did say this week that all quarterbacks are getting reps, so I don't even know if Garantano is actually going to be the guy. But um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you lost complete hope in the Vols? I mean, kind of, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I don't think... You know, maybe before the season, I, I may have thought, eh, maybe there's a an off chance that they could pull off the upset, you know, at home against Alabama if if the O line lives up to its billing, which I guess it sort of has at least at times. Um, but Garantano has just, I don't know, he, he continues to be inconsistent, and like you say, we're not even sure if he's if he's going to be the starter of this one or, or certainly play the whole game. So we could see Brian Maurer if he's healthy, maybe the true freshman Harrison Bailey, and. I think that would be a tough game to be thrown into the fire. So kind of <laughs> oddly, I, I think playing Garantano and just hoping you get good Garantano is the best chance to win this game, but I'm not sure that's what they're going to do. So um, I don't trust the Vols offense to keep up with, with Bama at all. So I'll lay the points. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Michael. And as far as like Trey's question, do I have I lost faith in Tennessee? Not really, I guess. I, I mean, it's disappointing the last couple of results they've had, but they can turn it around. I mean, look what happened to them last year. I mean, they looked garbage. They lost to what Georgia State and BYU early on. They were just like everybody just riled on them and they thought they were done and they go and rattle off six wins. I know they weren't incredible wins, but yeah, they turned it around. So, I mean, this is Bama. I'm not saying they're not going to win this game, but uh, I'm not giving up on the balls squeaking out a few more maybe a couple quality wins the rest of the year. So, but this, this game, I, I don't think they can compete. I will take Bama, but you know, I, I, okay. there's still some life left in Tennessee for sure. You make, I, I having more thought about it and hearing your thoughts. I, I agree with your sentiment on Tennessee, Ryan, especially because thinking about last week, like didn't uh, Garantano start out with two pick sixes in that game? I mean, that's it's, they were behind the chains pretty early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, I actually think the score was probably misleading. Uh, it was because their yardage was the same. They just mm-hmm. didn't really get dominated. They just four to one turnover ratio. That's going to kill you. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, they could, they could still, you know, like you say, have a little bit of a run like last year. Yeah. Um, uh, although not, not, not starting this week. week. Next okay, week, next maybe at Arkansas. All right, next game we have here is Notre Dame minus 10 at Pitt. We're still not sure if if Kenny Pickett is going to be back healthy, so it could be Joey Yellen, the transfer from ASU, getting the start again. He wasn't very good against Miami, but they still did get the cover, and I think they can kind of use the same formula as last week to to cover against Notre Dame. Their D-line, of course, one of the best in the country against the run. So, you know, I mean, Notre Dame is going to be by far the best O-line they've gone up against, but I still think they can slow them down a little bit. And then offensively, I still kind of believe in Joey Yellen, maybe getting another week with first team reps. He got one game against a tough defense to get his feet wet. He's going up against another one, but yeah, maybe he could he could uh, play a little better his second time out. Yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from on that. And I've kind of been high on Pitt, uh, especially just because their defense, I think they can pretty much stay in most games. But for some reason, I'm taking Notre Dame here. Uh, I think it may just have something to do with Notre Dame's performance last week against Louisville, where they were just kind of stuck in mud and they couldn't quite get it going. 
I think this this week maybe that last week was kind of a little bit of a wake up call for their offense, especially like, hey, we need to pick it up. So I don't know. I think Notre Dame's gonna come out with a little different, different energy, a little different juice coming up in in this pit game. And I think they'll take control against a backup quarterback offense that's not very good. And I think they can have some success uh, uh on the ground too with that great old line. So I'd say Notre Dame wins by a couple touchdowns. I'm I agree with a lot of what you said, Ryan. I uh you got one of the best O lines against the best D line one of the best D lines. It'll be, that'll be a fun matchup to watch. And last week it was, it was a gloomy day in South Bend. It was just kind of weird. I'll chalk it up. I'll kind of chalk it up to, yeah, every team has every good team has one of those kind of clunkers, but I will say we're going to learn a lot in this game about Tommy Reese's offense and see if it can produce against a good pit defense. Cause if they kind of look like that two weeks in a row, it might become a trend. Yeah. All right, next up, we've got Iowa State at Oklahoma State. I'm excited about this yeah, game. Yeah, it's big. Cowboys are favored three and a half. The winner is going to become clearly the most likely team to make it to the Big 12 championship, if not the favorite to win it. But yeah, um, I think so there there as well. Uh, what do you think here, Ryan? Yeah, this is, this is uh, I can't wait for this one. This is great. Um, I, you know, it's good that both these teams... Uh, Kind of the. I'm I'm glad that it that we're seeing a couple undefeated teams that aren't you're used to seeing. You know, it's not Texas undefeated so in the Big Twelve. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, huge game. Both unbeaten in the Big Twelve. Uh, obviously, Iowa State's played one more game in the Big Twelve, so they're three and zero, and Oklahoma State's sitting at two and zero. So, um, Iowa State, if they win, they're like sitting super pretty four and zero, and they've already beaten Oklahoma, and they would have won at Okie State here, and uh, so they've they would have some uh, tough games already out of the way. Um, but I, I, you know, as far as Oklahoma state, it looks like Spencer Sanders, will see him back in action. Uh, it's kind of, he alluded to that, but he also said Shane Ellingworth will probably get some PT as well. So we'll probably see a little bit of a, t- a two QB system, but I'm going to take Iowa state. Um, it's been three weeks since the Cowboys have played. Um, that's a, it's a long time to go between between ball games. I know it's been two weeks for Iowa state, but you know, that's like a one week is different. One week off isn't different than a two weeks off yeah. in a row. So I think Iowa state will be a little more, a little more ready. And, I, I just think Iowa State's defense is pretty good. They can slow down that Oklahoma State offense, which hasn't been very explosive this year. Um, and Big Twelve, I'm telling you, all these teams are about equal. I'm, I'm, I've been saying it forever. Like, I'm gonna pretty much just take the points almost in every game. So, uh, taking the Cyclones. I hear you. I totally hear you, especially on that the three weeks in between games for Oki State. But I'm gonna rely on the the Pokes' great defense thus far. I know their schedule has been pretty light, but they're tied for the national lead in in yards per play allowed uh looking at the matchup it's probably one of the best running back versus running back games you could have yeah chuba hubbard and and breeze hall um i I just i and you mentioned that both quarterbacks might be playing for okie state i i kind of maybe see that as a positive and think think the cowboys will be able to slow down purdy and hall just enough okay i'm i agree with ryan I'm, i'm going with iowa state i think jaquan bailey and that iowa state defensive line can Cause some issues for what still could be a, a questionable uh, Oklahoma State offensive line. Need to see them more. And yes, Oklahoma State's defense has been really good. So they're definitely much improved, but they've played what Tulsa and West Virginia and Kansas, some pretty I'm weak fully aware. <laughs> no, I know, but they're, they're, they're good. But let's yeah. just see how they do up against, uh, I against Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. Uh, so I think it'll be a close game. And for that reason, I'm, I'm, taken three and a half points i'm actually going to make iowa state my lock yeah you're you're iowa state so i'm yeah. all in there you are okay penn state budge. what's that you didn't budge even after week one 
a little bit, but not. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit, but yeah, we can forget about that. Yeah. Uh, Penn State minus six at Indiana. Uh, Trey. Yeah, I'm really curious to see the Hoosiers with Michael Penix. Uh, he's shown great flashes of brilliance, but has been injury riddled in his career. Uh, and apparently he put on about 20 pounds this offseason. Hopefully Ooh, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> but but more importantly, I'm curious to see this offense without offensive coordinator DeBoer, who went off to Fresno State. And I just want to see if the offense has a drop off, if, if how much of an impact he really had, because we saw how much he meant when he came there um i just feel right now there's a, a few more question marks with the hoosiers than there are penn state going into the year sean clifford last year was able to beat uh indiana with his legs and they're going to need it since we just found out recently that journey brown is is probably going to be out for the year um i'm expecting a little bit of an improved clifford not saying he's going to take this giant leap but i think he'll be a little bit better this this season and then the defense even without micah parsons the Nittany Lions are still going to have one of the better defenses in the Big Ten. I think they're just going to be able to outman Indiana and and get the win here. Yeah, I agree. I, I would have been on on Indiana at plus nine. That was the the opening line at yeah, Circus Sports. That's a down. lot. Yeah, that's that's a big change going through the seven. So I will take yeah Penn State minus six. They're a borderline top five team. Really good defense, like you said. Interested to see their offense with Kirk Sharaka uh, coming in. Minnesota as the offensive coordinator and like you say on the other side I'm not as confident uh in in Indiana's offensive coordinator I mean I, I shouldn't say that I mean we'll see what Nick Sheridan does he's just kind of an unknown yeah so. yeah I uh I'm agreeing with you guys I'm taking Penn State here um I thought one of you guys or maybe both of you guys would take Indiana but um yeah I'm just I'm not very high on Penix yet um I, he he played in six games last year and they did go five in one of those games but Three of those wins were against the three worst teams in the conference. So Maryland, Rutgers, and Northwestern. That was, you know, the three worst teams by far. And the other two wins were against Eastern Illinois and Ball State. Uh, and the one game that they lost was at a Michigan State. So, and his stats were good, but they were not great. He didn't have great stats, and he was playing uh, against stats. They were not that good. Pretty dang good. Good, not great. Okay. Yeah, they were not great. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much, like, do you think they would have been better the whole season or worse the whole season i guess are you saying that i thought peyton ramsey was better i love peyton ramsey but i just don't know how much worse they would have been with Penix. It, it'd be a fascinating i think pretty, i think yeah, ramsey's every bit as good as i mean i think uh Penix is everybody i don't as think there's a huge difference maybe between them i think uh ramsey's a little better but i'm not saying it's a drastic difference uh, yeah but like last year, their Indiana's best win was at Nebraska, and that was when Nebraska was out there starting quarterback. So that was their most impressive win of the year. So to for Penix to go and beat Penn State, top, oh, potential yeah. top five team, I mean that would be by far the best win they've had in the last you know. Well, they don't while. need to win. They don't need to win. They did. Uh, they covered last year probably against Penn State. I know it was a close game. Yeah, but. true. Fair enough. But this is a different. Yeah, I, I I still think to keep it within six points is a. Is a lot. So no, I, I get I, I it. Penn State will win by a touchdown or more. Okay. I guess we, we all agree on that. We all take we do. Penn State. Yeah. Uh Iowa minus three at Purdue. I like both of these teams this year. Uh, I think Spencer Petrus for Iowa, I said in our Big Ten preview episode, which by the way, go listen to that. We just recorded it last week. Um, I said he's got a really good supporting cast, good receiving core. Um, and the defense, of course, is all always solid. So if he's if he's as good as Nathan Stanley, then I think Iowa's going to have a, a really good year. 
But I just love Purdue with hopefully a healthy team this year. I think they're going to be hugely improved. Rondell Moore and David Bell, the two receivers on offense, I think will cause problems for an Iowa secondary that I'm sure is still going to be good, but maybe not as good as last year. They lost a couple guys to the NFL. So plus three with Purdue for me. Um, I'm going to go the other direction. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Iowa here. Uh, I just trust them in kind of those those close games. I saw a stat. Uh, did you guys see that stat on Twitter about Iowa and games that where they were favored by less than a touchdown? They had won like something like six in a row or some stat where it was just like they always seem to win those games where they're slightly favored. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to get it done here. Um, I'm not super high on them throughout the whole year, but they're just solid. They have going to have a, their offense is going to be pretty darn good. I don't think the loss of Nathan Stanley is really that much of a loss. They seem to plug and play their quarterbacks pretty well, but Michael said the weapons there, uh, they have some actually legit weapons at wide receiver coming back. That's going to be kind of key for them. And I know the defense lost a lot. They lost like five, I think out of their top six havoc players. So they lost playmakers from that team, not just guys that, you know, were there. Um, but again, it's a de- it's a defense that just never seems to drop off all that much, no matter how or who they lose. So still got some solid players. And I trust them to just keep it solid. So I'll take Iowa and Purdue. It's who knows? I'm not. I, I, as soon as they hired Bob Diaco as their defensive coordinator, all of a sudden I got a lot lower on Purdue. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My initial reaction to this spread was to take Iowa. But and, you know, their defense should be strong. They have a pretty good offensive line. But I just I still don't know what to expect out of Petrus and and the whole offense in in general, and and I'm kind of it's a little bit of blind faith because I'm pretty optimistic on Purdue this year. I think they're going to bounce back and uh, from their their poor season a year ago, and it it's tough. Even though there's no fans, they they got to go on the road for their first game. So I'm just going to take the home underdog with the the fun Purdue offense. Okay, and by the way, there's what five to six players for Purdue that may be out uh brahm mentioned that there'd be five to six players out and we don't know who yet he didn't he wouldn't disclose that maybe so. a big time playmaker if, 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 yeah well yeah if there was a big one then that would move this line yeah, oh yeah no doubt all right game day is going to minnesota for michigan at minnesota and the wolverines are favored three what do you think ryan yeah this is uh should be a good one here um right now i'm gonna i'm gonna go with michigan though uh, I think they they still are going to have a little more talent overall. Um, I'm not super high on the on them all, obviously, but I do think the offense will be at least decent. Like Michael kind of made the argument earlier, it's second year, same system. Even if you did lose some guys, at least this consistency of the system is there, which could make a difference. And I know, hopefully, Joe Milton can at least provide some pop. Uh, you know, with his he does have quite a bit of arm talent there, but uh, of course, losing Nico Collins uh, is not going to help. Oh. Uh, so that's that that does hurt. But their defense, I trust Don Brown. I think their defense is still going to be really good, um, even though they did lose playmakers there too. But their D is always good with Don Brown. And Minnesota, it's more of me. I'm just I don't trust uh, their defense at all uh, after losing some so many key playmakers that they had, like Antoine Winfield Jr. I can't get over that guy. He was amazing for him last year. So and some pass rushers, they're going to have a brand new defensive line that they're going to have to work in. So. I think Michigan will be able to find some success on the ground um, and kind of control control the game here. So I'll take Michigan. It's going to be chilly. I saw the high is like 32, but this game's at night, so it's going to be even colder. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I believe the winner of this game is going to come from the matchup of Michigan's offense versus Minnesota's defense, like you just kind of alluded to, Ryan. You know, I just I don't know if Milton can take the reins and take the next step for Gaddis's or I just feel like that offense last year was stuck in the mud. It's felt like so much. It was very difficult. It looked like it was really hard for them to move the ball at times. Um it did improve a little bit towards the end of the year. So, I mean, I'm hoping it would be fun to watch a good Michigan offense. So maybe Milton's the guy. I just, it's a little bit of a question mark for me. And, and then, like you said, for Minnesota's defense, they do have some playmakers to replace. So we'll, we'll see how that um, comes into play, but with Michigan's offense, more of an unknown to me, I'm going to rely on the good gopher offense because I really trust Morgan and Bateman. Um, I think they row their boat to a win and I'm actually going to make them my lock of the week. Yeah, I, I can see I can see why. Like I feel I definitely let's say wouldn't bet this game uh myself, but I am yeah. gonna go with Michigan here on the podcast because I don't know, it's just a tough one to pick. But as as much crap as Jim Harbaugh gets, he does have a pretty dang good record in games he's supposed to win, games where he has a lot more talent than his opponent. So even though major questions about that offense and whether Milton can be you know, efficient throwing the ball. Um, like you, Ryan, I have maybe even bigger questions about the Minnesota defense, 125th in returning production. So I'll just kind of bank on the consistency of the the Michigan program compared to the the upstart gophers. Yep. Uh, last game we're all gonna go through here is Cincinnati at SMU. SMU's favored two and a half, Trey. Yeah, Cincinnati, they're another team here that they're gonna have three weeks off going into this game. But I, I trust their defense. It travels. I'm going to take the Bearcats. I know Ritter has been, you could say, Ritter-keeled. Uh, but mm. now, but <laughs> this is a big you? game for <laughs> It's a big game for him because SMU, pretty average defense. So he's going to need to take advantage, and I, I think he will. On the other side, the Mustangs, they haven't faced a defense as good as Cincinnati's. SMU last week, they needed overtime to beat Tulane. They're now without, of course, leading receiver Reggie Robertson and tailback TJ McDaniel. I think Cincinnati is going to be able to generate more stops than SMU, and they're going to get the win. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm taking Cincinnati. I just think they're a little bit better than SMU, and this point spread is implying that they're about equal, um, especially with, like you said, I, at some point, the Reggie Robertson, losing him, like, this is a type of game where that's going to really cost you because... Cincinnati has such a good defense that you need you need all the weapons you can get. So I think Cincinnati will may, maybe win on the road here. Um, I'm a disagree. Uh, I will take Love SMU. Your SMU I don't like my SMU, horse, man. Ryan, the dark horse SMU, huh? Yeah, they they're undefeated. They're five and zero. They beat Memphis already. I uh, mean, their logo is a dark horse, so that's kind of why we. And is it okay? It's a red horse. Oh, it's red, red Mustang. Okay, I couldn't picture in my head the, the color yeah. of the horse <laughs> logo. That's true. Um, yeah, no, but Cincinnati, I don't necessarily trust their offense. I know they have a good defense, but I trust Shane Bachelle to move the ball, even against a good defense like Cincinnati, where last like last week, what USF they scored, I'm mean, sorry, the, uh, Cincinnati scored like 28 points against uh, USF. They only put up 24 against Army. I just don't think they have enough on offense to, you know, maybe make up for the fact that their their defense is so good so i i trust smu to move the ball and uh it's kind of like a battle of so when you have cincinnati's offense going against smu's defense what's that going to look like i mean if smu can can just withhold this kind of steady uh defense a little bit without giving up the big play i think they'll be fine so i'm gonna take them minus two and a half 
Okay, let's uh, let's get to the honorable mentions. All right, let's do it. All right, we got Illinois at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's currently favored nineteen. This game is on Friday night, kicking off the Big Ten. Revenge game for the Badgers uh, after their shocking loss in Champaign last year. I'm thinking the Badgers, though, are going to flex their muscle, particularly with Jim Leonard's defense. They're very good. Last year, Illinois' defense was somewhat of a strength, and I I don't think it will be this year. They had some turnover margin luck, and that usually bounces back. And for the Badgers, Graham Mertz, he has the higher upside compared to Jack Cohn. And honestly, with the system the Badgers have, even if Mertz is a lesser cone. It shouldn't really impact this game, in my opinion. Louisiana is a two and a half point favorite at UAB. This game is also on Friday night. I'm going to take the home dog Blazers here. Every week, we keep waiting for Louisiana to bust out, but they continue to play to their opponent's level. The last three games have been decided by three or less. Levi Lewis, only five touchdowns to four interceptions, and they're going up against perhaps the conference's best defense. So I think Lucero and Spencer Brown will generate enough offense and lead the Blazers to the win. Baylor is playing at Texas. Texas is given nine. Baylor is playing only the only their third game this year due to multiple cancellations, of course. So we still don't know a ton about them. I'm not in love with Baylor this year, but I am going to back them in this one. The main reason is Texas's defense has proven to give up yards both on the ground or through the air. So Charlie Brewer might not exactly light it up, but I think he's going to be able to generate enough offense to keep it within the, the points here. And Randa's defense might be able to generate a few stops on that good Longhorn offense. Then I got a couple Big Ten games here. Maryland at Northwestern. Northwestern's given 11 right now. Their offense can only get better, especially with Pey- Peyton Ramsey leading. But the question is, how much can it improve? Or can it improve? Luckily for them, the Terps had the worst Big Ten defense last year. They're more veteran this season. So they might improve at least a touch. The offense needs to hum for them to have any success. Loxley won't say if it's Lejean or to his brother Talia. Either way, Northwestern's going to win, but I'm not ready to give 11 points with them until I see them prove it. And then finally, the bros. Nebraska is playing at Ohio State. Ohio State's given 26. Only a handful of times in our life where Nebraska goes into a game with about no shot. Yeah. Uh, some of the power rating no- numbers would make me lean to Nebraska at this spread, but I'm going to go with what I've seen with the Huskers recently. I think Ohio State rolls and covers. Last year, the Bros, we saw them in person against the Buckeyes, and they just annihilated Nebraska. Uh, Frost team, there's not much on defense to be excited about that I don't see that how they could slow down Justin Fields and that offense. The offense for the Huskers, it should improve, but there are already question marks about the receivers. I'm just not seeing how they'll have any success against the the Buckeyes defense there too, even though that's a new unit. So I'm picking the Buckeyes. I oh, agree. Man. That's, I agree. That's, that's rough. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully the Huskers will surprise us, guys. I think cover, right. man. Just, I'll be, I'll be. Yeah, right. I'll take a cover right now. Okay. Uh, Auburn minus three and a half at Ole Miss. I think both teams here are coming off of uh, misleading losses. Auburn outgained South Carolina by 32% in terms of yards per play, according to Bud Elliott last week. And Ole Miss somehow nearly came back against Arkansas despite their seven turnovers. So that's kind of a glass half full. If they didn't turn it over yeah. so much, maybe they would have won. Uh, I do think Tank Bigsby, the, the freshman running back for Auburn, is going to have a big day on the ground. But I like Matt Corral to bounce back and keep this game close. He's to bounce back in a big way. He does, yeah. But uh, he was great. He was like a Heisman level. I was know, so crazy. One week to the next. What the heck happened? 
no idea. Uh, OU minus six and a half at TCU. I think Oklahoma's offense is just going to get better and better throughout the season with all the young skill talent they have. We'll see if if Max Duggan and TCU can keep up against a weak OU defense. It's certainly possible, but I'm going to bet on Lincoln Riley coming off a bye uh, to have Spencer Ratley, Rattler ready to play. <laughs> um, Rutgers at Michigan State. Michigan State's favorite, 13 and a half. I just don't feel comfortable laying that many points with an offense that I think is going to be pretty bad. So many coaching changes on on both teams, uh, staffs, uncertainty as to who's going to start at quarterback for either team. Yeah. Uh, so I just think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game, and that means I'm taking plus 13.5. Virginia at Miami. Miami's favored 12.5. Virginia's been a disappointment this season. The, I mean, quarterback play has been bad. Brennan Armstrong... Um, is injured right now, uh, might be out again with, uh, I think, concussion. And they they played three guys, Virginia did, last last week at quarterback. I, you know, they didn't even have uh, Keith, Keaton Thompson attempt to pass, so clearly they don't have the confidence in him there. Well, that's a smart move. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, and their defense hasn't been very good either, so I like Derek King and Miami to, to win and cover. FAU at Marshall, Marshall's favorite 17 if they win this, they are almost a lock to win Conference USA East. And they're a huge favorite in this game, unfortunately, in large part because Florida Atlantic has just been having major COVID issues. We're not even sure if this game's going to go off. It's They're, they're still waiting on their, uh, their final. Marshall's pass. good, man. Marshall's good. Marshall is good. Uh, Grant Wells, another freshman quarterback that's been. It's their defense, though, that's really, really been good. impressing me. No, defense. Grant Wells, too, Ryan. Let me, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Let, me, let me just get some credit. I watched him after week one. I'm like, that guy's good. And then the next week, he kind of sucked. I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he's looking good. It's the supporting cast, he's got a good one. Yeah. All right, Ryan. All right. Your turn. My first game, I have Florida State at Louisville. Louisville's favorite five. Uh, this one, we'll see what happens. Louisville did have uh, kind of a heartbreaking loss at Notre Dame. They were right there. Um, so they're looking good off as, of course, FSU's coming off that huge win uh, against North Carolina. I think both teams will just kind of go in opposite directions this week, as they did last week. I don't think, you know, Louisville, I think Louisville's, well, I shouldn't say that. I should say Louisville is going to build off of that. I think Florida State got a little bit of a head start there against North Carolina, kind of rode the the big wave that they had at the beginning and Jordan Travis kind of surprised them a little bit, but I don't think Travis can threaten through the air enough. So like Louisville uh, minus the five points uh, Syracuse <laughs> at Clemson. Wow. Oh boy. 46 <laughs> the point spread here. Unbelievable. I mean, wow. Uh, I know Clemson won by 66 uh, last week uh, against a team that's probably better than Syracuse. Uh, golly gee, 46 is a lot of points. So, I'm going to take 46. I'll, I'll take the cues. Yeah, uh, I, I can't lay that. I, I am not going to lay 46, man. I mean, I'll be good for at least a half, I would think, right? I'll be yeah, like, you're yeah, going to be covering for a lot of it, at least. <laughs> I mean, yeah, seven, oh. six touchdowns in, I'm still good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take the cues there. Maybe they can just 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 kneel and punt, and then we'll be close. <laughs> right? uh, anyways, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for Syracuse. Just hand it off. Right, anyways, all right, let's move on to the next one. Virginia Tech's favorite nine at Demon Deacons at the Wake Forest. Fuente finally listened to everybody yelling through their TV screens. Like, <laughs> just stay with Hooker. What are you doing? Uh, and look what happened. They dominated a, a BC team, a pretty decent Boston College team. And Hooker had 164 rushing yards, three touchdowns. He is just, they're so much better 
I mean, it's no debate. There's so much better with him and over Burmeister. So I'm not sure what the deal was there. Maybe there's something we don't know, but um, I'm going to take the Hokies here. They're looking good. I don't think Wake will be able to uh, quite keep up, even though they will. Wake will put up some points, just not enough. Uh, fourth game, I got South Carolina at LSU. LSU's favorite six. Big SEC game here, actually. South Carolina comes in winning two in a row after beating Auburn last week. Uh, meanwhile, LSU hasn't played since their heartbreaking loss at Missouri a couple weeks ago. They had a cancellation of their game or postponement of their game last week. But I'm going to uh, take the points um, with South Carolina here. I think these teams are pretty much even. Honestly, I don't see a lot of separation between them. Um, and actually, they both beat Vanderbilt 41-7, to the exact same score. So there you go. They're dead even. Yeah. And well, did you I, mention uh, LSU at quarterbackers going with, uh, they're not going with the freshman, Max Johnson, right? Is his name? They're going with TJ Finley, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Miles Brennan's so, out. Miles Brennan's mm-hmm. out. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I like Colin Hill for South Carolina. He's been solid. So give me, give me the Gamecocks. Uh, and finally, we got day. Hey, we got a late night game here, guys. We got uh, Utah State going to Boise State. The Broncos are favored 16 and a half. Looks like uh, the Utah transfer, Jason Shelley, will get the nod at, at quarterback for uh, Utah State. Um, but that's not the greatest sign. I don't think he's very good. Um, not not the best passer. He can run a little bit, but not the best passer. So I think Boise's defense is going to handle him just fine. And Hank Bachmeyer coming back for his sophomore year after a very, very good freshman year. I think the Boise will win big. All right, uh, let's close out this episode. Oh, by the way, sorry, Boise was my lock. I forgot to mention. Oh, oh wow. There dominate. you go. Sorry, <laughs> just got to squeak no that problem. in there. Yeah, <laughs> you waited till the very last second. Yeah, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> no, right, it was my now, lock. I think Boise's going to dominate. Now, finally, let's uh, close out the episode with a questionable finish. Kellen Mond threw a crazy pick six on a pass that went 15 yards forward, bounced off his receiver, and went 15 yards backward to a Mississippi State player. Name a memorable unlucky bounce. Yeah, I'll start with the, uh, it was Auburn at Georgia. What was that, like Ooh. six years ago or seven yeah. years ago maybe now? The uh, prayer at Jordan-Hare. Yeah, exactly, the prayer at Jordan-Hare just bounced off the receiver. <laughs> that one was, uh, I just remember the picture this of the Georgia guy just like uh, you know he like falls down unbelievable he's like and just like his legs give eyes like you gotta be kidding me crazy unbelievable I'm uh, surprised going with oh yeah oh, go, go ahead Mike no go ahead I'm going with a play that another play that involved Mississippi State it was Louisiana Tech a few years ago oh. fumbled the snap and everyone is trying to pick it up, but it keeps yeah. bouncing. It gets the third kicked. and goal from their own five or something. Yeah, ends up being an eighty-seven yard loss. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a uh, so quite a few yeah. memorable bounces there. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you guys would talk about if you're a Missouri fan, the yeah. unlucky Nebraska bounce in '97. They yeah. they had Nebraska number one Nebraska beat, and they didn't. Or yeah, there's also that yeah. Falcons, the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Edelman had a really lucky catch mm. in their comeback. Mm. Yeah, he barely kept it off the ground, kind of fighting over people. Yeah, if they yep. if the Falcons intercepted, it was game over. But. Yep. All right, name something as likely as Syracuse winning outright at Clemson this weekend. I think I've said this before, and I'll just say it again: the Jets winning the Super Bowl, like that's just not going to. The Jets are an absolute train wreck, dumpster fire, the worst man. thing in the NFL right now. I, <laughs> it's it sucks because like you just didn't really get a feel for Darnold. Does he really? I think is he bad or is he just like yeah. his team's just so he's, bad he has he no gets chance. Gets thrown to like, the wolves. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of had a, a David Carr start to his uh, career. Oh, yeah. uh, so we're recording this during the the presidential debate, and I think it's more likely that Twitter is currently full of of productive and you know respectful mm. oh, yes. discourse. Yeah, I'm that, very very respectful. Absolutely. I'd say it's probably about as likely as Trey getting a hole in one. Oh, oh my gosh. That's yeah. rough. Oh, wow, Ryan. Oh, come on, Ryan. There's a chance. There's a chance Syracuse wins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Wow. Let's get to... I mean, I had to. That was too easy. Yeah. Wow. Upset specials. We got to pick a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. I had the shots last weekend. Take yeah, you stole that week. one early. Yeah. <laughs> you, as soon as Take that comes, out. boom, I got the shots taking out louisiana uh i'm gonna take san jose state this weekend to win uh as a home dog against air force so i I think their passing game can challenge air force uh their secondary is pretty questionable this year and of course navy their first game wasn't able to challenge that we'll see what san jose state can do they've got underrated receiving core one of the best in the g5 and potentially nick starkle at quarterback i I actually kind of like him nice all right i'm gonna take I mentioned earlier Baylor getting nine against Texas. The Bears defense might be able to get a few stops on that on Ellinger and that Longhorns offense. And I just don't know the psyche of Texas after two losses, including the last game against their heartbreaker against OU. So I'll I'll take a chance with Baylor. Alrighty. I am gonna go with uh the midshipmen. I'll take Navy. Uh they're getting 14 and a half. Uh, against Houston, Houston's going to Navy. Um, you just never know with Navy. They sometimes they all of a sudden yeah. their offense who's going to show up. Yeah, you don't know. So uh, it could be the one that plays BYU, or it could be uh, one that looks a little bit better. So uh, <laughs> against Tulane, come back against Tulane. Yeah, second exactly. half against Tulane. There you go. So yeah, no, I I, I like Navy. They could be. They could do it. Who knows? It's it's their tough matchup always. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Remember, if, if you listen every week, if you want to support the show, it really does help us out if you either uh, check out our sponsor, MyBookie, and use that promo code CFBROS, or uh, subscribe to our Patreon for bonus episodes. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash collegefootballbros. You can also join our Discord if you subscribe on Patreon, where we uh, are talking football all week long. Uh, so thanks for, for considering those, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.